The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Hey, hey, ladies and germs, we've got internet issues for our dynamic host, Devin Ellington. So Dan Vespers here subbing in on this Tuesday morning of today in sports betting. This will be an NBA-only quick hitter episode if the internet and the tech kicks back in for our buddies over uh, rest of our handicapping buddies on the Hoopball Gaming Division. We'll get some bases for you on an afternoon podcast as well. For now, we will focus on the NBA. You can follow me, by the way, on Twitter. I am at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is a HoopBall presentation. HoopBall Gaming is our gambling Twitter feed where we've got all of our analysis and our top play thread for WagerPass subscribers. WagerPass, of course, over at HoopBall for $9.99 a month. Let's break down the NBA card Without further ado, we're going 10 minutes or less on this quickie blast, he said confidently, knowing he will probably go over the 10-minute mark. But whatever. Bulls at Pacers. This line opened as Bulls, a one-point underdog on the road at Indiana. It's now moved to a pick, which is basically no move at all. The, the shift from one on either side, really from one and a half, on either side in the NBA is a very small one. It takes generally more money to move a line a point in any direction than it does to move about the three points between one and a half on each side of the main pick'em line because NBA games don't generally end in a one-point finish, uh, and there's overtime. So moving through zero is so inconsequential And then, you know, it's not really like football where in overtime you're going to get stuck on kind of a key number. So there are these little things that can happen in basketball. In overtime, it's probably going to end up, you know, three, four, five, six point game anyway. So uh, don't worry too much about that small line move on this game. It's possible that that's a reflection of Indiana. Uh, We know Malcolm Brogdon and Demonis Sabonis are both questionable for this ballgame. The fact that this is at a pick'em leads me to believe, reading the tea leaves here a little bit, that those guys are probably going to miss this ball game. Sabonis did not practice with the team on Monday. Brogdon, we didn't really get an update on him out of practice. I think he's probably closer, but if those guys are in, the Pacers are definitely a favorite. Uh, as the Bulls starting to show some signs of gelling. Zach Levine, Nico Vucevic had a good ball game the last time out. They beat the Brooklyn Nets, who are quite pedestrian using bad defensive centers all of a sudden. I mean, this is. Whatever, I know James Harden's been out, so I don't want to pin too much on the uh, the front court for Brooklyn, but they have been quite bad lately. Uh, so for the Bulls, the question is, have they turned a corner, or was that just running to a team with no interior defense and then exploiting it by getting to the foul line a bunch and getting easy looks? Truthfully, I don't know. The Pacers do actually have a lot of rim protection in Miles Turner, one of the best shot blockers in the NBA, if not the best this year. And to me, this is actually a pretty evenly matched ball game so it does come down to two uh it comes down to whether or not you believe the bulls have started to figure things out together personally i don't think they're quite there yet but part way there and with the pacers missing their two most important offensive players 
That's why you're looking at a line you are. So slightly into the bulls on this one. I just don't like Indiana missing those key guys. It, that, that takes them out of almost everything they do on offense. If anything, maybe you look at the under in this game, since they do still have rim protection, but they don't really have the scoring punch they had before. Total on this game opened at 224.5 and, and has been moving up to 227, which of course raises the question of, is that because they think one or two of those Pacers guys are actually in? I don't know on that front, but I would actually lean back the opposite direction. Uh, and maybe if it keeps going up, you might get yourself an interesting value on it. 76ers, two-point favorites on the road at Boston. Evan Fournier into health and safety protocols. That's what moved this line from one to two, basically, or one and a half to two. So a small shift due to the Fournier news. 76ers will likely have Joel Embiid back for this ballgame. He rested on the second half of a back-to-back in their last game, a loss. Uh, Sixers did win their previous matchup with Minnesota. But I'll tell you, you know, Embiid looked fine coming back. He got a ton of free throws. Here's where I, I break this ball game down. First, Boston is, they lost to Philadelphia twice earlier this year. So this is actually a double revenge spot for the Celtics. Joel Embiid is not back at full strength yet, post-injury, which is relevant because... When you get a guy back like that on a bad team, it it is actually often helpful. We saw that with D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota yesterday. He wasn't at full strength, but he was playing relatively well. He got uh, like a, call it about a 70% complement of minutes, and he did well with it. And the reason I bring this up is because with a team like Minnesota, that's generally catching points, getting a good player back, they're still going to be catching points as an underdog. It just would be a little bit less with the 76ers, a team that's generally expected to win all of their ballgames, they're going to be a favorite more often than not going forward, especially with Embiid in the lineup. His impact is going to be registered in the line probably more than what he actually does in 27, 28 minutes on the floor, whatever he ends up getting, as opposed to, say, 32 or 33. Those five minutes make a really big difference because Dwight Howard doesn't provide that same kind of scoring punch. Mike Scott provides almost no defensive resistance. So when you go to the backups, things get goofy very quickly. And the fear, of course, I have in this one, by the way, total of this game, uh, total 223 and a half, it's on its way down, 221 and a half right now. The fear I have is that the Celtics don't really have a front court. They have Robert Williams, the time lord, who's been awesome. But if Joel Embiid gets him into foul trouble... There are no other centers. They have Mo Wagner waiting in the wings to try to guard Joel Embiid. You think that's a good idea? I mean, they basically, if Boston knows what's good for him, they're pretty much going to have to match Time Lord with Embiid and hope that Robert Williams doesn't foul out of the ballgame. Your other option, if you're on the Boston side, is to go It's insanely small. This feels like a really bad idea because Philly's gigantic. Embiid... Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. These guys are all big dudes in the Philadelphia front court. You could go insanely small if you're Boston and try to pull Embiid away from the bucket on defense, try to pull everybody away from the bucket on defense. And then uh, on the offensive side for Philadelphia, for Boston, they're sending doubles, basically, at Embiid anytime he touches the ball. Just get it out of his hands. Don't let him break down Robert Williams, and maybe that's the third option, which is double Embiid early in the ballgame, try to prevent Time Lord fouls as long as you can, and then 
let him go one-on-one in the second half. Change up your look when maybe you have a few more fouls to play with. I do lean to the Boston side in this game, but that center situation with no Tristan Thompson, you know, not that he's a game-changer, but he's a big dude. That's That would go a long way, just kind of making Embiid work a little bit. Even if you're sending him to the foul line a bunch, you've got two centers. you got 12 fouls to play with. You really only have six, because Mo Wagner isn't even going to make him make him blink. Embiid could take Mo Wagner with two fingers and just flick him right out of the way. Slightly to Celtics, though. Lean to Celtics in that ballgame. Pelicans are at the Hawks. Hawks favored by three and a half points. Uh, I don't really know. A total, by the way, on its way up from 225 and a half. It's up to 228 and a half, which makes me think that Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson or some or both are going to be playing in this ballgame. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know that for sure, and we may not know that for sure until later in the afternoon, but I think if those guys are both in, maybe we see this line come down a little closer, Hawks, by one and a half. I think I'd like the Pelican side if Zion's playing. I don't see how the Hawks have anything they can do with him. Brandon Ingram a little bit less important in my estimation in this one, but I'm not touching this side or the total in this game. There's just too many pieces too much in flux on the injury side, and so I leave it alone. Lakers came into Toronto as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. They're now a one-point favorite at Toronto. I, I'm, I'm assuming this is Andre Drummond-related, although I admit I haven't looked at my screen in a minute. Uh, I haven't seen anything about it. He was questionable coming into this ballgame. Maybe he got updated, upgraded to probable when I wasn't looking a few minutes ago, but that's my guess on why the line is moving the way it is. That makes me actually like the Raptors. Total, by the way, on its way way down. It opened at 215. It's down to 208 right now. And I don't think anybody else is missing on the Toronto side. No, they were missing almost everybody yesterday. Well, not almost everybody. Kyle Lowry, Freddie Van Fleet both missed yesterday's game for the Raptors. They're on the back-to-back, but everybody knew that coming in. So it was just, it was actually kind of weird to see them as a three, two- to three-point favorite to begin on this one. Uh, but it is, I mean, this is basically a pick 'em. It's as close as you're going to get to that point. I don't, I don't like the Lakers with Andre Drummond, at least not at the beginning here. This is really going to be his for if he plays, if he plays, this would really be his first game. And so that gives me a Raptors lean in this one that I didn't really have prior to seeing the weird shift in what's going on. Now we should be very careful. Toronto's not a good team and they're missing their two point guards and they, they did manage to squeeze by yesterday in the ultimate sense of the word. They just barely squeaked by a bad Washington Wizards team. So let's not get ahead of ourselves and assume that they can just 
beat a Lakers team that still plays defense, even without LeBron and AD. So maybe best to leave this one alone. Toronto, you know, they run short bench most of the time, and then this is the back-to-back, so there's a big rest thing going on here. Uh, hence the very low total, I would reckon. So there's an expectation that the Lakers are going to control the tempo of this ball game. And that makes my Raptors lean a little bit more frightening. But still, uh, ever so slightly to the Toronto side, I want to fade Andre Drummond's Lakers debut, if indeed that's what's happening here. Heat, five-point favorite, total of 216. Uh, side didn't move at all. Total is down about a point off the opening number, so pretty small shift in this one. Miami did lose an extraordinarily gross game to the Grizzlies a few weeks ago. I think that was one of those ones that ended with a total like around 170 I'm getting my numbers right on this one. When the hell did they play? March 17th. Yeah. Uh, Heat lost that game. 89-85. Yeesh. 174 combined points. The total of 216 may seem oddly high, given the last one was 40 points lower than that. But also, that game was fairly anomalous for a number of reasons. You know, Miami, they're working Victor Oladipo in now. And just in general... The Heat have been playing better basketball over the last, eh, we'll call it loosely week and a half or so. They beat the Knicks on the road, then they grind, uh, grinded out a win against the Pacers, uh, beat the Warriors at home, beat the Cavaliers. I mean, it's not, it hasn't been the world beater in terms of the competition level here, but nor is this game. Memphis is a decent team. But by no means are, are they a team where you should sort of grade yourself against them. Looking back at that Grizz Heat game, the teams shot 36 and 35% between the two of them. If you actually break down the pace on that game, uh, Memphis probably should have ended somewhere in the neighborhood of 107 points or so. And the Heat around 108, 109 Nah, call it 108. So that game probably should end at around 215 points. So uh, th- these two teams went under the expected pace in that game by about 35 or 40 points. So the total actually makes a lot of sense in this one. The question is, can either of these teams overperform against the expected pace at all? Will either of them actually overshoot? And... Yeah, I'm inclined to think the answer is ever so slightly yes, but I'll likely leave that total alone. I I would lean ever so slightly to the over. On the side, I think Miami, you know, they've been playing a little bit better these days. Grizzlies are are without DeAnthony Melton, which I do think hurts them maybe more than than people are going to credit for in the number. So uh, lean to the heat on the side. Pistons Nuggets, Detroit on the back-to-back. They got a win yesterday, and uh, this is the throwaway other half of it. Nuggets favored by 13.5 points. I don't want anything to do with the side on this ball game. Denver's been playing well, but that's just that's just a giant number. I can't in good faith, especially with the total coming down. Uh, I think the expectation is that the Pistons are going to score about 95 points in this ball game, if that. So this one's a tough one for me. Pistons, uh, they rested their older guys yesterday. So those dudes will probably be back in the lineup tonight. But I don't think they even really want to be winning games on an organizational level right now. They they really want to see more what they have and go from there. And I want anything to do with this ballgame. Nothing. 
Trailblazers, Clippers, LAC favored by five and a half. Opening line was six. Total on its way up from 226 to 229. You know, this really comes down to whether or not the Clippers uh, have their focus into it. As is the case seemingly with all Clippers games. They had their focus against the Lakers. They didn't really against Orlando. If you go back to that ballgame, they certainly did against Milwaukee. They're a difficult team to truly figure out just that, like, what are they? But if you can handicap a game that's going to wake them up, then you've, then you've really got something there. They beat the Blazers way back at the end of December by 23 points. I'm betting Dame is the kind of guy that probably remembers that one and probably had this game circled. But, again, if, if the Clippers are awake in any reasonable fashion... This is a number they can cover because the Blazers aren't as good as the Clippers. Uh, slightly to the Portland Trail Blazers side, I think not enough to really make anything of it. And then the total, no real feel at all. The fact that it's going up makes me think that perhaps uh, Clippers are not going to be laser-focused on the defensive side. But it may also mean nothing. And then the Bucks are in Golden State to take on the Warriors. Warriors are... Uh, listless these days they don't look they're not playing with a purpose and so in a very rare twist i actually favor the road favorites but i i can't lay six and a half points on the road i just i can't do it everything about my innards says don't total of 237 and a half is extremely high and i don't want anything to do with that one either so there's your nba card breakdown today here on today in sports betting i did not keep it to 10 minutes it's more like 16 or 17 hope you guys enjoyed it i think we'll be back Maybe with a double dose today. We'll see. Stay tuned. Certainly subscribe. Drop that five-star review, guys. Really appreciate that when you go and do it over on the podcast app on your Apple brand mobile device or on iTunes. I'm Dan Bespris, filling a host here on Today in Sports Betting. Have a great day, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.